This is the best of The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Catch them weekdays for the all-new Hyundai Kona. Welcome to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Gee, we got across many, many items. Where's Grego? That was the big question from a listener, Craig, who came down to meet us at Circular Quay at Wahlburgers. Uh, we spoke about marriages and uh, how did you go about being married, getting married, where'd you get married? The Player Impact Program, what is that? And we got into a love lounge. We wasted no time whatsoever getting straight to a Fletchy love lounge. Craig, who's a podcast listener, he come charging in and he was in between work, couldn't stay. And he said, boys, absolutely love the show, but what's happened to Grego? Mm. No, well, he actually said, he said, great show, I love it. It's better with Grego. Yeah, he did say that. <laughs> he did too. say that. He did say that too. So, Grego, if you're out That's there. That's when you took the Mickey hat back off him. Oh, we just had an incident here. Someone, he stares. Some, a bit of luggage fell down the stairs. Anyway, we're all good here. It's all so, going good. So, what we have, listener, it, it's the old um, how would you, sandstone mm. stairs. And to this point, we haven't seen a person, but this. Carriage case come tumbling down the stairs. Yeah, it's, we it's might okay. get. Can we? We might get the ladies on to find out what's happened. <laughs> no, nah, they're all good. Come and explain what's happened. We need to hear this. Um, she just lost control. I thought it was Gay Waterhouse the first one, but um, <laughs> charging down. Uh, I love it down here. We walk. I walk through the botanical gardens. I know over there, Central Park's beautiful in New York. Geez, mm. it's nice in here where we are, the botanical gardens. Yep, you got to get there more often. Oh, I totally agree with that, Brian. And you do the uh, a lot of people in the city mm. do the Macquarie chairs walk. Mr. Macquarie, yeah. So you go past the pool. Yep. What's that called? The uh, Sir something pool. And then you get to Macquarie's chair. You come back around the stairs where they have the the uh, St George Bank sponsor the Opera Theatre. Yes. Live theatre. Then you whip around, and all of a sudden you find yourself here at the semicircular key in front of the Opera House. I got married there. We got married in the Botanical Gardens. Did you? Mm. On a Friday. Bit of a tight-ass Friday, yeah. yeah. Where was the reception? <laughs> there. Now, we got married at uh, the church at the Rocks there. Oh. The Catholic church there. Wow. You're going big. Lost you? Lost you? Lost, you? you yeah. lost me? No, I'm back in. in. I'm back in. It was a pretty good wedding, actually. People got a little bit randy in the bushes. Oh. Unbeknownst to me. But I, when I tried to get the deposit back, they said, uh-uh. Did you later find that out? Yeah, they caused a lot of damage. Oh. My guests. Oh. I did tell you that a former leading trainer of the National Rugby League... Yes. ...who was just a guest at the party. Uh, now, the lady who we love dearly, but she was responsible for giving us... Back in those days, you had the CDs when we got married. And we had a Tim McGraw song, Best Friend. And it was her job to make sure that CD was at the reception. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yep. That was the, this is the wedding dance. Yes. Yep. We got married in a park, mm. right? A park overlooking where we, we moved very close to shortly after that. But what had happened, unbeknownst to us, we'd asked said lady, have you got the CD for Tim McGraw, Best Friends? And then she hadn't. We later found out she had had a dalliance in, you know, that in-between gap. Oh, between, uh, photos. Well, back, at photos. The, back at one of the leading trainers' households, which was probably a few k's away, and left said CD there. Okay, hang on. Did they know each other? She found her own best friend. What? Was this a... Had they met before? Well, maybe. Maybe. Oh, this is great. Yeah, maybe. But both uh, in relationships now, so I won't be revealing Can I ask you this? Um, mm. How many do you have to your wedding? I reckon we had about 100. Yep. Out of those 100, how many do you speak to still? Uh, oh, we'd still speak to a lot of them, but to where mm. you're going to, like, if we had to have, another question may be, if you had the same wedding with 100 people, how many would get an invite yeah. back? 
What do you reckon? I, I 30%? Reckon 30%. Yeah, I think 30%. 30%. I agree with that. No. Yep. Ellen's not going to fit your topic today, is she? No. 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 We don't whoa, like whoa, Ellen. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know about that, though, Fletch. I've done no, some no. digging. I've done some no, digging. Yeah. Okay, well, dig. Dig okay, away. Okay, well, so, because, you know, I was getting called Ellen. I went home last night. Oh, how was work? Yep, the boys gave me a new nickname, Ellen. Did okay. They? Yep. That's fine. So I was like, all right, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be Ellen, I'm gonna dig into Ellen and just see what sort of similarities we do have. Now I've got a couple of things that I've found. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, I just want to distance myself and Ellen with any sort of A-grade behaviour with workmates. Correct. I'm not into that sort of stuff. She was bullying. That's why she's not making this team. Exactly right. So she's been bullying. I have not done any sort of bullying, but I well, did. Well, hang on, hang on. Well, hang yep. On, Christmas party last year. You there was were no bullying. Everyone. There was yes, no bullying. Give me a drink. You were there. A drink or no, I know it wasn't, but I heard, get me a drink or I'll fall off this stool. <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, you can't prove that in a court of law, Fletch. So that's, um, that's you know, hearsay right now. But uh, no okay. bullying from me at the Christmas party. And not this year because I'm not sure if I'm invited, but that's besides the point. Well, now, I can tell you this, um, Gibbo, the email from the great Jeremy Markham dropped today. And yep. uh, the Christmas party is on. Yep. So maybe Ooh. check your email box. And if that hasn't landed, um, no, or maybe don't. Oh, the player impact program. So the player who gets the most media in a positive way towards the sport, they get a $15 million George Paponis. Oh, yes. 15 mil. 15 million. So Rory, last two years Tiger Woods had won it. This year, Rory's got the $15 million, right? Which I think secretly is a bit of a, okay, mate, Keep you stayed rock solid with the PGA. We better pay yeah. you. Right, which that's going to happen. But tell me this, and they probably spoke about the same thing. Yeah. I generally listen in. I missed it this morning. But if there was a rugby league player, I think we should have the top five in order outside the cap. So yeah. whichever player is bringing in via their social or whatever else, then you should pay them more. How do you determine? Regardless of who they you, play with. How do they determine it? Just a mention in their name? or There'd be some act- metrics. I don't know what they are. Right? The- but but surely, surely you would say, right, boys, we've got, uh, we've got $5 million to spend. This is to keep the best players, so to keep Caelan Ponga, to keep Reese Walsh, to keep these players in the thing. You might have a, a tiered of t- 10 people maybe and say, we've got $5 million to spend, boys. This goes to the person who's bringing the most noise. This person, this person, this person. Thoughts, Brian? Yeah, I do love it. So this is the official memo from Jason Gore, who yeah. is in the PGA. We are pleased to share the final top 20 results of the PIP. The P- PGA Tour Administrator's the player impact program through objective measurement criteria are shown to generate the most positive interest in the PGA Tour. Yes. So the top, I'll give you the top five. Rory, 15 million. Tiger, who hasn't been around, 12 million. Johnny Rahm. Oh, so Tiger still picks up 12. 12. Good. Johnny Rahm, nine. Um, then Scotty Scheffler, six million. Any Aussies on there? Oh, yeah, Jason Day. Jason Day, three million. There you go. It's very interesting. I like that. I think you could work in rugby league. That, that's the way to keep players in the game. That's the way to get other people into the game. If they're a big star and they've got the big following, that's what you do. Okay. I love it. You're a thinker. I love it. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Get a burger in You here. know what they should do? Extend it too. I'd, I'd be extending it beyond the players. Like if there's a person who's in the media, for example, who's generating the same type of interest, play on. Who cares who's generating it? But how, how, what's the metrics? I don't know. Tell me. I don't know. I don't know. Like, is it just them posting something or? Don't know. Re- there's all, they've got all these measurements they've got. Okay. Two buck, Chuck. You've had plenty of reach today. The captain's here as well. The Brooks man who's got the Dragons 
hat on. Brooksy, how are you? Yeah, just celebrating the big signing of uh, Matt Eisenhuth. Yes. Oh, no, Tom, Tom Eisenhuth. Tommy. Sorry, uh, we're going for both of them. We'll get them both, but yeah. Guys, that was leaked last Friday by Nick Lashley, who's a top 200 player. So that goes around to all the players, right? So this is the, the knock on it. Because there's so many players that don't get involved in it. Yes. And these guys are already winning all the tournaments and stuff. And then no, they get this bonus care. kicker. They care. So Nick's actually leaked that memo on his Instagram account. That was a, what I gave to Fletch was a post he put on Instagram about the memo, which was probably at PNC, a private and confidential. Oh. But he's gone, look so, how so ridiculous this is. Is he a current player? Yeah, he's in What's the top 200. Nick Lashley. Yeah, well, Nick Lashley. You, you can post the finding memo, but we, we don't know Nick Lashley. So clearly... He shouldn't qualify for this. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with him because it's like you've got all the prize money and if you are giving this stuff anyway mm. and the previous years where they've had to, they've been play, paying low and Liv has now come in, like why weren't you sharing this money with prize money and keeping people in the PGA Tour but now they're doing all this extra stuff. This has gone up in the last three years too because of you know what. Oh, they'd, they'd be rap paying so, Johnny Rahm $6 million as he signed a $600 million yeah. deal so, with Liv. Yeah, I think this sort of stuff, you see what's happening at the lower levels of the PGA Tour. So, the who rich, knows? The it could be 50-50 in a couple of years with Liv and PGA in terms of the talent. I get your and point it, there because of the prize money, but I do think that model would work perfectly in rugby league. How much are we going to put in there? We saw Peter Valenis walk past us the other day. We should have grabbed him. We should have grabbed him. What, we tried. I mean, we can't afford it. No, I didn't try. He was in a meeting and he was walking fast and he had an umbrella. Looking good. Uh, what, do, what do we need? Five? Five million pool? Well, I don't know what the pool is, but for example, Brian, if Nathan Cleary is earning, say, a million, $1.2 million, and there's another player earning a million dollars, and Nathan Cleary is posting all this NRL content that's getting all this reach, yep. why shouldn't he get paid a truckload more? Yeah, but he probably is getting stuff with his personal sponsors too. Play on. Yeah. Anyway, yep. let's time for this, please. Love Lounge. I've been really okay, so I was mentioning Stephen Hawking before. Uh, so if you don't know who Stephen Hawking is, he was in a wheelchair. Uh, sit, not since birth, was it? It was about uh, something happened. I'm not too sure, but he was... A quantum physicist, or he was quite intelligent. He was a English theoretical physicist and cosmologist. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> so he's one cluey bastard. Yeah. Well, anyway, he may have been bound to a wheelchair and unable to speak. Speak, but uh, Stephen had an incredible and complicated love life that involved affairs and allegations of cheating. A new book by Hawking's old friend Leonard. Moldenow, reveals, reveals details of Hawking's marriages and affairs and how the physicist who communicated by a computer in his uh, voice box demanded to be the centre of attention. Oh, this is not nice. And affairs? Oh, yeah. So Hawking was first married to Jane Wilde in the 60s when the couple were both in their early 20s and when he was first exhibiting signs of ALS but their sex life was wanting. Ooh. So his condition meant that Stephen had always been completely passive sex partner as well as fragile one. I shouldn't mm. laugh. The two remained married until 85, but then Hawking fell for his nurse, Elaine Mason, a fiery mm. redhead who liked to skateboard and definitely know how to flirt. So she was just a skater boy. Maybe one reason they bonded was that she had the flamboyance he would have exhibited if he had used 
the, his body. Oh. oh, this is heavy. Mm. At the same time, Stephen's wife, Jane, was conducting her own affair with Jonathan Hellyer Jones, the choir master of a local church. Oh, this is getting interesting. <laughs> Stephen and Elaine eventually broke out of the arrangement and married in 1995. Elaine quit, become a nurse to his wife, but was still cooking and prepare food for him. But he was a bit of a dirtbag. Mess, yeah, that's a little, <laughs> little, little so- silent Lothario. Yeah. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch, one of the greats. Mark Leishman, what a great, iconic Australian this bloke is. It was a privilege to catch up with him. I tell you what, we're excited for this chat. Let me tell you this. We're going to catch up right now. Joining the run home, Brian, with Joel and mm. Fletch, is Mark Leishman. Welcome to the run home, Mark. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. How are you guys? Mate, we're outstanding. I'm good. We're outstanding. What a career you've had. Good. You turned pro in 2005. So from a pro point of view, mm-hmm. you're 18, mate. How does that feel? Yeah, it's uh, it's seems like it's uh, been been longer than that. Actually, it's uh, it's no, it's, it's been a good um, a good run for me. Um, but hoping I've got a a fair few good years left in me yet. Mate, you charged home uh, last week in the uh, PGA Championship. So, can I ask you a bit this about Min Woo Lee? Is he uh, a quiet sort of kid, or has he got a little bit of uh, scallywag about him? Um, oh no, I certainly wouldn't call him quiet, but I think he's uh, quietly confident. Um, yeah, right. He's a you know good fella, but he's got the game to to back it up. So um, yeah, he's uh, obviously proved that um, he's the real deal. Last week, and well, I mean, the last couple of years really, he's had a, a pretty good run. Okay, this is coming up, the Australian Open. It's, it's a big one, but I want to take you back 10 years, if you don't mind, Mark, to... For me, it's one of the greatest Australian uh, moments ever. Now, Adam Scott wins the Masters, Brian, but people forget the top four, that particular Masters, had three Australians, including our man, Mark Leishman. So Mark finished equal fourth with who, Brian? Who would you guess? When you think Masters in recent times, you mm. think who? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Who did you pair up with, Mark, in that last round that day? I actually played with Scotty. Um, so when he made that putt on 18 uh, and we thought he'd won, actually, we, he gave me a ripping high five. Um, pretty, it'd been raining for a couple of hours. And I remember I had about a four-footer um, to finish tied fourth. It was worth a fair bit of money. And um, I remember my hand was bright red and ringing and just, you know, when it burns after a real good high five. And I remember I had a four-footer to try and, try and finish tied fourth so um yeah it was uh it was great memories i remember being on the side of the green there when he uh, he made that part to what ended up being to get into a playoff but it was yeah pretty special to have that front seat view well i've seen this photo many times and i've used it in various speaking gigs in that brian where i think it's one of the great iconic australian moments where for all intents and purposes mark leishman is taking on and he's a competitor of adam scott Adam Scott sinks the putt that he's talking about. And in the background, you can see Adam, uh, sorry, Mark pumping his fists. So pumped to see Adam do it. He's a competitor. Awesome. And he's just got right behind him. Another Aussie, Mate, what, a, what a great moment that was, Mark. Yeah, well, um, I, I hit one in the water on 15, and that probably sunk my chances to, to win. So, um, you know, I was a like any other Australian. just wasn't sitting on a couch in front of a TV. I, was, I had that front row view so um yeah it was unbelievable to be there obviously um it was just a just to, to to pump my fist like probably every other australian did so uh pretty special moment and um 
just it's just awesome to see one of your good mates, um, you know, fulfil a, a lifetime dream, I guess. Hey, Mark, how's the uh, Leishman Lager going? Still kicking goals? Yeah, it's doing all right. Yeah, yeah, it's still going all right. We're, um, we're obviously still trying to get it into more places, but um, yeah, we're still ticking along, and um, hopefully, a lot of people will be uh, buying some over the Christmas break to to have a couple. Give us a bit of what is it? What is it? Is it a crafty beer or is it just a lager? Sell it to us, Leash. It's a, it's a we brewed it as a mid strength, but um, but to try and taste like a, a full strength beer with the with the flavour. Certainly not a I wouldn't say it tastes like a craft brew. It tastes like a just a normal you know lager, I guess you'd say. Um, but um, yeah, it's one of those beers you can if you're gonna if you're planning on having a few, it's a it's a good one. You can you can have a few and still uh, still function all right, but still get that good taste. Do any of the players get around it too? Like any of the foreigners? Like, are we, yeah, like any, yeah, um, yeah. All the boys it? that have tried it have loved it. Yeah. Um, when we were over in Adelaide this year for live, it was it was on course, and we we sold a a, a heap of it. So um, yeah, the players all loved it. It was at all the functions. Um, yeah, the boys enjoy it, and um, hopefully it'll really take off soon. Did it take off uh, a few weeks ago, or maybe maybe a bit over a month ago now? For certain persons, fortieth. Did it take off there, Mark? Yeah, we, we were down um, actually down in the Florida Keys for a bit of a bit of a party, <laughs> nice. and um, yeah, we had a uh, we did have a few. It was a good little celebration. You know, turning forty is a pretty big birthday. Where, where, oh, do, you, where do you live over there in the states, Mark? I live in Virginia Beach, which is in Virginia. It's about middle of the East Coast, so right. um, about three hours drive south of Washington DC. And, and why there? Why? Why did you? Uh, well, set my up wife. Camp there? Yeah, oh, she's from okay. there. Yeah, she's from there. So sort of happy wife, happy life. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we decided that's where we'd end up. And I'm trying to talk her into moving back to Australia at the moment, actually. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> hey, where, where would home be when, if you come home, Mark? I, I mean, I'm not sure actually. Pro- probably Warrnambool, um, yep. but maybe maybe Brisbane. We we love it up there, so we'll um, we'll wait and see. I'd say we'll end up in in America still, but um, with the kids in school and all that over there. But um, yeah, well, I'll give it a go to try and get it to move back. <laughs> Mark, can I ask you about the party hole? Uh, you obviously, live golf's going back to Adelaide again. How does our party hole, or Adelaide's party hole, compared to the one in Phoenix? Yeah, it's um, a fair bit. I mean, I guess similar. It's just a, a bit smaller. Uh, the one at Phoenix, they have, they probably get about oh, 15,000 people in there. Um, the one in Adelaide's a bit smaller, but it's a bit closer too. So um, a little more intimidating, I would say, the one in, in Adelaide, just with the, it's a long shoot out of the, off the tee between the grandstands. So if you're, if you're a bit off, you can um, actually hit it in the stands there. It's a pretty ordinary shot to hit it into the stands in Phoenix. Now, Mark, your career, like it's an amazing career. You've finished uh, top five twice in the Masters, top five. The pressure of going to that final round and you're finishing in the top five. You've finished top five in the Open Championship twice, including a runners-up. What's the one you want? What's the one that you desperately want? Um, I mean, probably the two you mentioned, I mean, if I had to choose one, it would probably be the British Open, just because I got so close. Um, you know, losing in a playoff there, but I mean, 
honestly any major I'll, I'll take whatever i can get but i if i had to choose one it'd be the probably the british open or the masters but i'll say british we have uh, james magnuson who fills in for the show from time to time and he, he lost a a gold medal by 0.01 and it haunts him uh, losing that british open running it runners up uh, are you excited to be runners up are you do you think back oh if i only did that i could have been the champ what, what are your thoughts about all that yeah, I think back on it occasionally. Um, I mean, I hit it into a divot down the first playoff hole, which was disappointing. Um, so that was, you know, not the way I wanted to get the playoff started. But I missed a, a shortish putt on the 16th of, of regulation. Um, yeah, so I do think about it occasionally, but it happened at a, at a weird time in my life because it was only about three months before that that we basically got told my wife wasn't going to make it. So oh. my perspective was really good. Um, you know, with two young boys at home, I was just happy to be able to go home and see them and, and have a wife that was, that was you know, starting to get, get her health back on, on track. Yeah, well, you reminded me too, um, and it's fantastic how that's played out for you, Mark. I, I, a really good mate of mine who, who's had a lot of battles, uh, the Whistler, he, he's got some terrific news similarly today as well. So shout out to the Whistler. Um, what are we thinking? Who, who do you see as the major dangers for the Australian Open? A uh, lot of good players, actually. A lot of good players. Um, I think Cam's going to be pretty determined after a bit of an off week last week. Um, I know he was pretty disappointed and he's uh, been practicing hard early this week and actually playing quite nice. So uh, Cam will be hard to beat. Um, Min Woo Lee's obviously playing very well. And um, as far as the international guys, I think Wako Neiman, um, he's a very good player and He's probably back on, on time, the Australian time, and ready for a big week as well. Um, now, Brian, can you please explain to Mark Leishman, our guest, the run-home effect? Basically, Mark, so we, ha- we had AFL guys on, or we had rugby league guys on, and they score a try, or they'll kick four or five goals. So, basically, you've come on our show now, so you will win. You'll win the Aussie Open. That's in a nutshell. Beautiful. Yep. Sounds so good well to done. me. I'll... Uh... <laughs> I'll bring the trophy in on Monday and we'll have a beer out of it. <laughs> what, where does the Aussie... Um, it's at the Aussie, isn't it? Is that where you're playing? It is, yeah. The, the Australian okay. and the Lakes. Yeah, yes. So it's at two courses. It, oh, okay. is, is that unusual to be doing... To use two courses? Yeah, uh, that is very unusual. Um, where It's a mixed event with the ladies, Australian uh, Open. So we're yeah. both playing on the same course. So they needed... You know, we wouldn't all fit yeah. on, uh, on the same golf course. So we needed to use two. And how does how do those two courses, the Lakes and the Australian, compare to overseas courses? Are we holding? Yeah, I mean they're as good as you'll get anywhere. Um, really? Yeah. The the condition of the Australian, or both of the golf courses, but in particular the Australian, um, is just probably as good as I've ever seen, to be honest. So, um, yeah, the courses in Australia are, are as good as you get anywhere. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Plenty of NRL news floating around. We spoke about. Jerome Luai, we spoke about Kalen Ponga, we spoke about players representing clubs in Vegas. It was a stack to get to. Let's do this, Gibbo. It's an NRL news update. Subscribe to SEN League on YouTube and the SEN Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Okay, NRL stars chosen to sell the game to Americans. I would not have picked these three. Campbell Graham won. Yeah. Adam Reynolds won. Yeah. Aaron Woods has been earmarked. Interesting. 
Interesting. Uh, is that because he's obviously good with the media, that they can speak well? I'd, I'd have Reese there. But who's Woodsy's there on behalf of Manly? Manly. No, you need a Manly. That's the Beaver. No, boring well, Beaver. Well, he's he's Parramatta too. Yeah, yeah. By the way, <laughs> by the way, that's been confirmed. My rumour was true. Yeah, I heard he's on his way. He's on his way to Port Macquarie, yeah. and he'll be playing for the Parramatta Eels. Correct, as you as you st- said last week. So the four teams, Brian, have nominated a person to promote the doubleheader at the Raiders versus Vikings match. On December 10. That's a gift for these guys, isn't it? Oh, I'll be over there with them. I oh, know I'm a little 12th. December 10th. 15,000 tickets sold. Allegiance holds 65,000. Our man, Toddy, Todd Gurley, reckons they'll sell it out. Mm. Who would you nominate, Brian? Uh, so you got it. I so, like it. Uh, okay. So to be interviews, it would be... Yes, 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 yes. I'd have Paddy Carrigan. Yep. For the Broncos. Yep. Paddy Carrigan. For Manly, I would have... Ruben Garrick. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and for the mighty bunnies, Latrell? Cookie. Cookie. Nah. Nah? You want the big frame of Latrell strutting in there. Oh. I, I, I'd go Latrell for sure. You go Latrell? Sure. Oh, for sure. For absolute sure. Okay. Or Keon Kalal Matangi. Oh, yeah. A big presence. A really big presence. The Roosters. Who are you sending there? Roosters, I'm sending... Wingy. Yeah, and Richie Barnett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd send the cheese. I'd send the cheese for the Chooks. Real character. Just Real character. Just catch them. Just see what they think of him. Yeah. Because you could go down the polish track. But you know, the, we, don't want that. we don't want polish. We want knockabouts. We yep. want Boston, Dorchester. Yeah, that's what we want. Jerome Luai, Brian, he meets with the Tigers again. Um, so Are you, West, okay, we haven't discussed this. taking so long? Are you happy if they sign Jerome Luai? I don't mind it. Okay. I don't mind it. He's got great energy. He's a leader. He's got the connection with Appy. Yep. I don't mind it, but I'm equally not going to be cut if it doesn't happen. Okay. I okay. don't mind it. I don't, I don't I don't know where I stand, really. But uh, West Tigers have stepped up their interest in Jerome Luai after holding another meeting with the Panthers 5-8. Uh, Luai met key Tigers power brokers on Tuesday. Like, this can't happen without nothing being said, can it? You can't have a League Central. League Central. Um, the Tigers <laughs> have reportedly offered the 29-year-old a four-year, $4.5 million deal to join the Tigers in 2025. Now, the Bulldogs are also believed oh. to be looking for another number six. <laughs> ben, that, oh, that, come on. Surely they're not. No. Surely the Bulldogs, they're done. They have to be done. They can't, they can't possibly... I heard, there was a text on Brandy and Vossi this morning <laughs> that... Now Ru- it's, it's becoming a joke. Ru- Rod Gus, Ru- you're, you're a smart man, yeah. but you can't be doing this. Rumour has it rumor has it that the Bulldogs have got a little subcommittee. Mm-hmm. Mitch Orbison, Sean Berrigan, Craig Wing. Kirk Gidley. Kirk Gidley, and they are going to get together. That'll be The first number that will be announced for the Bulldogs for round one will be the, the number 14 utility position. Yep. And those four are going to get together and decide, yep. ladies and gentlemen, and the I, number 14 I, of the Bulldogs. And they reckon after 14 minutes in every Bulldogs home game, that's when they make their replacements. <laughs> just, 14, yeah. just four of them running all the crowd clubs. <laughs> and oh. they get driven there in a ute. Oh, this is good. Cam Murray. Mm. Uh, I want Latrell. Nah, nah. I, I don't. Cam, just too polished. Yeah. I've told you this. We don't want to be polished. 
Who wants to be polished? Nah. Brooksy's put his hand up. I think it's for something different. <laughs> Jamal Fogarty Bryan re-signs with the Raiders. Well, they needed that. Yep, two-year deal. So they I'll keep him until uh, well the end of 25 with an option for 2026. A club option, that is. 29-year-old's played 39 matches for the Green Machine since he joined the club after the Titans in 2022. They have lost Jared Croker to retirement. Jack White into the Rabbitohs in the off-season, who's been training the house down. Kalen Ponga wants to be back in origin. This is going to be interesting, isn't it? A fully fit Kalen Ponga and beautiful eyes of Reese Walsh. How does that play out? I think that you've got to keep Reese Walsh at fullback. Reese at fullback, and, and, and then guess what? He's playing the Kirk Gilly role. Yep. Which he did when he came on at lock. Or he Remember? plays in the centre. He can play anywhere. What it, Kalen. Yeah. yeah. Of course he can. Yeah. Return to training after a huge 23 season. I'm a little bit worried about Kalen. Remember how he went on that 10 run? And he got the Dally M. Yep. He was on that 10-week just braining it. He was involved in a relationship. Yeah, and that's gone. That's gone. That's Sometimes gone. you need that uh, support at home. Yep, I can't disagree with that. Carlin Palmer missed out on the Kangaroo squad. Here's what he had to say. Obviously, playing at the highest level is a goal of mine, and it always will be. Um, but in terms of saying that, no, no bad blood. Um, you know, I wasn't disappointed at Mel. I was just disappointed that I didn't make it. Um, you know, that group... That, that team is elite. Uh, it's going to be hard to make, and, you know, hopefully one day I do get there. Tell you what, he, um, I thought he handled that very mature. Yep. Very, very good stuff. Kalen Ponga on playing Origin, here's his thoughts. Definitely. Yeah, no, no, I want to play in that arena for sure. A bit like that jersey, you've got to work hard to earn it. It's not given. Um, and he definitely earned that jersey this year and played pretty well in it as well. So uh, I know that... Yeah, I'm not really worried. I don't go into the season you know, thinking about that. Obviously, I want to play well at Clubland, and hopefully that takes care of it. But, um, yeah, I do want to be there. Oh, you can see this happening. I can see it. I can see this what happening. Can you see, Brian? Him coming off the bench and just braining us. Yeah. Just destroying us through the middle. Oh, November. Have a lie I don't down. care. <laughs> I don't Never care. Lie down. I'm just sick of Queenslanders just giving it to me. I know. I'm standing up for myself and I've got nothing to come back with. I know. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Well, this bloke is always great fun. The great Bozza, Mark Bosnich. Just before we get to our next guest, mm. let's just uh, prime ourselves with a bit of Champions League action from the young boys. Come on, young boys. Unless with the corner. This cute header, rather, from Summit. We still have it. Oh, and it's two. A mistake by goalkeeper Glazer. And young boys have doubled their advantage. What about the young boys, Brian? They've picked up a win. Their third ever in Champion League history. Mm. And I'm pleased to say a man who is all across this, who's a champion of Australia himself. I'm talking about... The great Mark Bozza Bosnich joins the run home with Joel and Fletch. Bozza, come in. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I hope you can hear me okay. Oh, we, we can we hear can you great, hear but okay. there's an elephant in the room. We need to just rip this Band-Aid straight off. Is there a beef between yourself and Bears head Brian Fletcher? Yes or no? <laughs> Brian, Brian Souffle, there's no, there's no beef. I just said last week, I said we didn't even talk about the Champions League, but we spent about... Mm three or four minutes on a souffle, so we just need to swap it around. That's all. Yeah, just tweak okay. it. That's fine. Let's, I'm let's happy. talk about the action first, and then we'll get yeah. on to the souffle. Well, let's talk about the young boys. <laughs> Our team, Bozza. Our team, 2-zip. Your team, your team players, just like, Joel, just like Joel said, only their third win ever, but yes. more importantly for them, their win guarantees them a place in the Europa League, so whoever finishes third 
in the Champions League groups, they dropped down to the Europa League. So their, their win against Red Star Belgrade assured that they would qualify in that group where Manchester City and Leipzig had already qualified. But Manchester City were 2-0 down uh, on uh, last or well, this morning, our time, and came back and won 3-2. So that guarantees them first place. That's fantastic. Hey, Boz, with the young boys, is yeah. there any international superstars playing for them? Not really, but they have a lot no. of good young players. A, a, a lot of good young players, as a lot of these teams do from all around the world. So no no superstars per se at, at the moment, you have to say. But uh, they're, they're, as they're, as they're shown, they showed last year, remember, against Manchester United, um, that, uh, that they're a handful, simple as that. And, uh, and uh, Erling Haaland as well, guys, that's 19 goals in, in uh, 14 games in the Premier League and Champions League by the, with his goal last night against uh, RB Leipzig. He's an absolute machine. Well, how would you, de- how would you defend him? How, how, if you're a goalkeeper and, and he's in the, he's in the, uh, in the box, so yeah. to speak, what are you doing? Are you sledging him? Boz, how, well, how no, are you getting well, I, I think, look, he, Yeah, when somebody's in that type of form, you've got to, uh, as everyone does, you've got to watch them a lot. And when I say watch them a lot, I mean a lot of uh, video, whatever you want to call it, uh, analysis to see if he, if he does anything that, that represents any type of pattern that you can basically know what he's going to do just beforehand. And from a goalkeeper's perspective, if you know what somebody's going to do just beforehand, you can leave that split second early and you can make the impossible saves possible. Right. What's his go? Is he more of a... Uh, does he use his head or is he left foot, right foot? Or he's got everything? Well, he, he's the, number one. Number one, he's got a fantastic team behind him. They're arguably the best team in the world at the moment. They create chance after chance after chance for him. So he can afford to miss a couple. Uh, and it doesn't really matter because he knows he's going to get even more chances. Uh, but he's, he's touched, he's paced, uh, everything really. Uh, there's, there's nothing really that you look at him and sort of think, well, he really needs to work on that. Um, he's, at such a young age, pretty much the finished product. So, Boz, when does it end? Because it just seems to... When does Champions League finish? Right, so so we're on match day five as, as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so the match day six will be in two weeks' time. And then there will be a break while a lot of countries have their winter breaks or go back to their leagues uh, to about early February. And that, that will start the knockout phases of the two legs. Right. Hey, Boz, what about this morning? So huge emission, late emission. I'm interested to see how the team adjusted the team of Stan Sport. Russian's out. He's out of play. Yeah. How, how did you fill the void? How did you cope with Sands Rushton? Well, well, Craig Foster took over and took it over very well. He was, he was, he was smooth as. Uh, and uh, we obviously had a little bit more time to talk. So we, uh, with the guests that we had on, uh, we, we, we were able to talk. But... Uh, for Craig Foster to do that last minute, to do it so smooth, so classy, so cool, uh, was a, that was an excellent job. I, I must say, a little bit better job than those VAR officials did in Paris for, for that game where Newcastle were, were, were really hard done by, by that last minute penalty decision that, that Mbappe um, e- equalised with. But that, that, that could be absolutely huge in context of that group. I, I, was, I was watching the same game and I was just thinking... But that's not what VAR is meant to be because it's, I think it's causing more issues or problems than it was brought in for at the moment. Like, I would love an explanation I, from all the officials as to why they thought it was a penalty when nearly the whole world, including my friends at Three Steps Cafe and Bondi, thought the opposite, XMB. Yeah, absolutely spot on there, Fletch. <laughs> uh, and there's... there's, there's, there's <laughs> I love it. 
love I love how you put it, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. How you put it later? Yeah. And you're absolutely spot Too on flight. because it wasn't brought into that. You know, and, and this is a it, it's it's always been a, a massive you could say friction amongst the football community, whether or not it's handball. But the way that they've done it now where UEFA want everyone to go a little bit more stricter, but then you've got leagues like the Premier League saying, no, we're going to do it. It's just pretty much confused everyone. And that decision against Livramenko, like I said, really just left everybody baffled. And, and that really sums everything up in the moment. They're confusing everybody because of the different interpretations. How, the, you know, this is a referee as well, by the way, Simon Marciniak, who refereed the World Cup final in 2022. Really good, I must add. But how he... And the VAR officials can look at that and decide that's handball. It really does leave open the question. Uh, pretty much, you know, the, the whole reason of having it in the first place. Now, I've been a big fan. I still am a big fan. But they've got to sit down and say, listen, let's just keep it for what it was for. And that's for clear and obvious decisions. That was no It wasn't a penalty, in my opinion, anyway, because his arm was in a completely natural position and it actually came off his body first. So even under UEFA's more strict guidelines, it's not a penalty. I would love to be able to hear from the referees afterwards, whether it be Marciniak, the main referee, or the VR officials, how did you come to that decision? Because right at this moment in time, if you go through any football, especially all around Europe, everyone's having problems because everyone's confused. Our game has sold itself and become the world's most popular game on being as simple as game as possible. What they're doing now basically is complicating things and it's starting to turn people off. So, Boz, it, you know, the NRL's got a bunker where all, all these yeah. sort of decisions are made. How, how does the soccer world, with, with their VAR, is it just like by match, match by match? Is it always at that no, stadium? Well, no, no, look, the, the handball thing is a contentious issue because, mm. like I said, the Premier League have actually said to UEFA, we're not going to have the guidelines as strict as you are. Now, I can understand that in one instance because the Premier League is the most popular sporting competition in the world because they do let a lot more things go, but it's led to a lot of confusion. So what actually happens is, like, uh, uh, whatever incident happens in the pitch, the VR looking at everything, and then they, have, they haven't got the right to say to the referee, go and change the decision, but they've got, what they can do is say, you might want to go and have a look at that. Now, what's that become is pretty much a, a, a kind of great, very rare that we've had referees go and look at the screen and say, you know what, no, I'm going to stick with my own decision. Nearly, I would say, close to eight or nine times out of ten when they go to the screen, you know that they're going to overturn the decision or go the other way. And this is what I'm saying. They should just turn around and say, look, refs, if you still think that your decision is right, you stick with it. But th this type of thing, like I said, it, this is like minute. If you, if, you got the, if you got the vision and have a look at it, the, the Paris player basically plays it against Livramenko's uh, chest from about, literally, from about half a metre away. It flicks up and maybe glances his elbow, which is in a completely natural position. And how they could give a penalty, this is, like the, 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 this is what's really perplexing everybody. Is, is beyond me. And this is like what you said at the start. You're exactly right. We need to have the opportunity for officials to be able to explain themselves afterwards. Now, the other thing is, and I actually said this to somebody in football quite some time ago. I remember uh, in the NRL probably about what? I think it was about four or five years ago, maybe a little bit longer, where it got to the point where too much was being reviewed. I think we're at that stage now. I think it needs to calm down and just go back to ob clear and obvious decisions and at the moment, they're not. They're overdoing it. And maybe even seriously consider, and I never thought I would say this, but seriously consider allowing captains from both teams to have a, to have a challenge. Cap because, captain's like challenge, Because, like I said, at yeah. the moment, well, at, at, the, at the moment, like I said, it's, it's, it's really not being – I mean, it was a great intention at the start. 
overall, I would still say, even after what happened last night, stroke this morning, it has been a, something that has been better for the game. But that opinion of mine is slowly fading away and changing because what happened last night was really a travesty of justice. Uh, Boz, what about the goal by Alejandro Garmocho? Alejandro. The, bicy- the bicycle goal. Is, is, that, <laughs> is, that up, is that up? Am I saying his name correctly? Garnaccio. Yeah, Garnaccio. Yeah, he did. Alejandro Garnaccio, the Argentine player for Manchester United, scored an unbelievable goal on the weekend for Manchester United against Everton. Quite reminiscent of Wayne Rooney's, for those who are old enough to remember, literally over, uh, what, 12 years ago. And then that brings us to the next point tomorrow morning match. Uh, that's our early game. We're doing a doubleheader. Galatasaray play Manchester United in Turkey. If Manchester United lose then they cannot qualify for the knockout stages, and that would be an absolute disaster. So a huge game tomorrow morning for Manchester United, who in the league have been tracking okay, but every time they've come up against, you have to say, a real test, uh, mm. whether it be pressure of the game or a quality opposition, uh, they've sort of fallen a little bit by the wayside. But, look, I spoke to somebody about two weeks ago who said, like, regardless of what's going on at the moment at Manchester United, the manager, Eric Ten Hag, is perhaps the safest ship in the port. And I just said, what about if they don't qualify for the Champions League knockout stage? You said, well, that could change very quickly. So, Hey, Boz, so Luke's text through. And he's, he, now, this is not me. He wants to know. He said, can you please ask Mr. Bosnich his pesto recipe and his pasta of choice when you make your pesto? Because you, you were talking about that. You were talking My about that. This is not no, me. it's okay. We've, done, we've done the majority of what we're yeah. here for. No problem. My pasta of choice would... Look, I, I like to do that sauce. I've told you about that before, yes, Sledge. I, I like to do that, that ragu sauce, mm. which takes oh. three to four hours. So I really like to do that. Yeah, but what are the pasta? You go on the shells, you go on the fettuccine, oh, the penne. Penne, penne. 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 Mate, the shells yeah, are rank. I know spaghetti is the most popular pasta, but spaghetti is the most popular pasta. But if you speak to an overwhelming amount of Italians, yeah. they'll say it's not the best pasta to use, especially with the sauces, because it doesn't stick to the... You know, the, the, the actual spaghetti doesn't stick to the sauce properly. And you, and you can stick your angel hair, right, yeah. your angel hair pasta, right up your ganaccio too. <laughs> I've got, no, got no business with that. I've got no business with angel hair. It's, it doesn't taste like anything. So we've, we've whacked angel hair. Yeah. We've, we've whacked the Dennis Committee, right? Yeah. We're all aboard the penne. Are Penne's we? the Because penne. you need something to go through that little, little yeah. hole. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, Boz, but seriously. Um, I don't mind the spiral go. Spiral's pretty good. Um, Terry Venables, who passed away during the week. Yeah. I know you um, you were pretty close to him. and um... Hit me between the eyes, I've I got to say. And uh, oh. that was uh, ironic because it was Sunday night and I was just waiting up to watch one of his old teams, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, play against one of my old teams, Spurs. And, and, and the message comes through. I was very, very sad. Um, a wonderful, wonderful manager. When you talk about the modern-day you know, great managers like Pep Guardiola, and Jurgen Klopp, he, he was, you know, that innovative manager of his day. Uh, he went to Spain and won La Liga with Barcelona. He was a, speaking about the Champions League, it was then called the European mm. Cup. He was a penalty shootout away uh, from winning uh, the European Cup, which would have been the first time in Barcelona's history. Um, and uh, he, he had a fantastic time with England. He really revolutionised the way they played in Euro 96. Massive sympathies and condolences to his wife, Yvette, and his family and friends. And he's got plenty of friends over here in Australia. It's a football's a, 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 a weaker place without him around.
Thanks for listening to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Don't forget you can catch us live Monday to Friday in your afternoons. Otherwise, if you miss that, the podcast available through Apple and Spotify. Social media, the place to get us is TikTok, Twitter and Instagram. The handle at Joel Fletch SEN is the way to do it. We're also on YouTube, so please subscribe to the run home with Joel and Fletch on YouTube. Thanks for sharing a part of your day with us. We'll catch you next time.